Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Here, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to who? Miller Thomas, the host of this podcast. I'm graduating pretty soon. Gonna need a job, so go please check out my website. Go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work. From I'm a journalist and a graphic designer, so you can see my work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Graduating from the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism pretty soon here at Arizona State University. So please check out my website, and if you have any openings, please email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com. But as always, we got a jam-packed show for you guys today. In segment number one, I'm going to be continuing the conversation we had yesterday. I'll be filling out the rest of my starting rotation, telling you my two, three, and four hitters, or not hitters, pitchers in my rotation. And then for segment number two today, uh, I'm telling, <coughs> I'm talking about uh, who I think should be not just not not really the opening day starter for the D-backs, but who I think should be the primary starter or not. Why do I keep saying starter? Be the primary catcher for the D-backs. So not necessarily the opening day catcher, but the guy who I think should get the you know 65-35 split when it comes to catching duty. So I'll let you guys know who I think should be the primary catcher in segment number two today. But first. If your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks to listen to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rate to the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now, for segment number one today, as I mentioned, we're talking about the rest of my starting rotation. So if you guys didn't listen to yesterday's pod, go hop on that first. I talked about the first two guys who I think should be in the starting rotation. I said it was Madison Bumgarner. I said it was Robbie Ray. Have to do Bumgarner as the ace, you know, contract, the experience. You know, he's got the rings. He's got the hardware. I think you have to do Robbie Ray number two. Just because of all the other guys on the D-backs roster in terms of starting pitchers. He he is the most proven guy, so you have to give it to him. He's been an all-star before. No one really else on the D-backs pitching staff can say that outside of Bumgarner, so I believe he has to be the number two starter for the D-backs. But how about that three, four, and five starters? Now, my criteria for how I pick these uh, pitchers, I said this yesterday. I'm going off past performance, you know, your, your resume, I need to know what you've done for me. I need to know, have you been a big-time pitcher before? I need to know what you look like in spring training. Were you even good enough to be granted one of these starting rotation, starting rotation spots? And then lastly, I need to come up with a projection, how I think you're going to produce for the team in 2020. And so with those three criteria, that's pretty much how I came up with these number two, three, or not to the number three, four, and five starters into today's uh, starting rotation brought to you by me, where I tell you my ideal rotation. So that's the criteria I had. So let me tell you guys who I should be 
or who I think should be the number two or the the number three starter, I should say, in the D-backs rotation because I said yesterday Robbie Ray should be the number two. And so for the number three starter in the D-backs rotation, it has to be my guy, the Jersey kid, Zach Gallon. Yes, Zach Gallon has to be the starter, uh, the number three starter, because if we look at Zach Gallon's numbers from last year, he was a very good pitcher for the D-backs and the Miami Marlins. And uh, in both instances, he is see on the season he had two eight one ERA. He only had fifteen starts, so he didn't have a huge sample size. But fifteen starts, eighty innings pitch. That's enough. Uh, that's enough of a sample size for me. Strikeouts per nine was ten point eight, and he did give up twenty. Uh, he gave up twenty five earned runs. And he gave up eight earned runs, so maybe that's a little bit of enough. That's not really too many home runs, honestly. If you just project that out over, let's say, just double his starts, give him 30 starts, it's only 16 home runs. So that would be one of the best marks on the D-backs team. So I like Zach Allen's control. He's a Jersey kid like me, so I also love that. I loved what he did in spring training this year. He has 5.63 ERA. doesn't look too good, but... If you guys listen to yesterday's pod, it's really just because of one pitch he had in spring training. We gave up a three-run bomb. He was pretty dominant, honestly, throughout spring training. He really just had one big inning. We gave up three runs. But outside of that, his other couple starts, he was very good for the D-backs in spring training. So I liked what he did in spring training. Already had a good, uh, already had a good 2019 season. So when I combine the 2019 and the 2020 spring training. I think he's going to have a good 2020 as a full-time starting rotation member for the D-backs. Yeah, Toy Lovello hasn't even said yet whether Zach Gallon will be in the starting rotation, but what I've seen from spring training, what I saw last year, I'm convinced Zach Gallon's going to be a very good pitcher for the D-backs. I'm honestly convinced he, he might overtake Robbie Ray as the number two uh, starter for the D-backs by the end of 2020. But I think that's just how good he is. I think that's just how well he's pitched last year and in spring training this year. So I really like Zach Allen's makeup, his stuff, his arsenal. I think he'll be a, a big factor in 2020 for the D-backs. Now my number four starter for the D-backs, this one might come as a surprise because I have actually Alex Young as my number four starter. Alex Young is still it's still very young. He's only 26 years old. He's 6'2", so I love the frame he has. He's a big guy, 205, so he he can, you know, get that fastball by you. He's got uh he's got nice pitching mechanics and he was solid last year. He had a 3.56 ERA and 15 starts as well, 83 innings pitched. So that's a pretty good ERA he had. And then what I saw from spring training this year, yeah, if you look at his ERA from spring training this year, it doesn't look good. 7.0 exactly. Gave up seven earned runs in nine innings, but just like Zach Allen, his last start, uh, the last start he had in spring training, he got shelled. He gave up a few runs in that game, and that really skyrocketed that ERA. But if you look at his past couple games before that one, Alex Young looked really good in spring training. He looked really locked in. He was arguably, you can make the case, the number two and number three best starting pitcher for the D-backs in spring training. So what I saw from him in spring training combined with what I saw last year, I think it gives me enough uh, enough confidence to give the ball to Alex Young and say, make I'm going to make you my fourth starter, you know. He's still young, so there's still room to grow with him, just like Zach Allen. I'm not too concerned about whether uh, – 
he can pitch a full season because it looks like the 2020 MLB season is only going to be maybe 120 games anyway. So I like the the idea of having guys like Zach Allen and Alex Young, who doesn't have a ton of, of starts under their belt. I like the idea of both of them, you know, having shortened seasons in 2020 just because of, you know, how coronavirus is and we don't really know when the season will start up again. So I think it'll be good for both of them, keep them both fresh and, you know, maybe uh, maybe let them pitch more innings than they would have originally, you know, even if we had the full slate of games. Now for the next guy who I think should be the fifth starter, this short season's definitely going to help uh, this pitcher out because he needs it. He's had some injury woes. He's had some uh, issues with the forearm. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, it's Luke Weaver. Luke Weaver, you know, he was pretty good as well, just like every other young D-backs pitcher. He was pretty good as well in the uh, in the D-backs uniform last season. He had 2.94 ERA, only 12 starts. So, like, the other two pitchers, he didn't have a large sample size, but he did produce well. He had that 2.94 ERA. We have uh, the D backs have a large investment in Luke Weaver as the main centerpiece in that Paul Goldschmidt trade, you know, the face of the franchise. So we need Luke Weaver to pitch well and perform. And also, it, it all starts with his health. If he's not entering, if he's not entering the 2020 season healthy, then that won't be good for him the rest of the year. Obviously, that sounds like a very simple statement. That sounds like an obvious answer, but. It's hard to come into a season already banged up and then expect to get healthier as the season progresses. You don't want to come into the season already with injury risks and concerns. You want him to be healthy fully uh, once he starts the season, especially coming off a shortened season last year where he dealt with injuries. So you want to make sure he's healthy to start 2020. And this little extended break could really help Luke Weaver. He had an awful spring training. That's why he's the number five starter. Most of you would probably expect him to be the, you know, probably the number three starter for the D-backs in 2020 because of that investment, what we saw from him last year. But with the injury concerns and what we saw from spring training, he gave up six earned runs and only two innings pitched. So he really didn't look good. It made me, you know, pause for concern whether he he even got over those forearm issues. So Maybe this extended, you know, month, month and a half, two months, maybe three months of a break that we have before the season starts. This could be this could be really good for Luke Weaver. Build up that arm strength. And so when he comes back for opening day, whenever that is, when he makes his debut start of the season for the D-backs in 2020, he'll be ready, he'll be healthy, and he'll be strong enough to go. And then with the shortened season, uh, it just gives you more confidence that he he won't you know, he'll be there. He'll be available at the end of the year with these less starts. He'll make you think he'll be more fresh. And then maybe if you make the playoffs, he'll be there. He could be a critical piece for the D-backs if they make the playoffs, you know, maybe as the NL West division leader or even as a wild card spot. If you make it to the NLDS, who knows? Luke Weaver is your number two, number three, number four starter, number five starter in that series. Obviously, I have Luke Weaver as my number five starter now, but yeah, he can always move up in the starting rotation depending on how he pitches. But just from what I saw in spring training and then with the injury concerns, I'm going to have him as my number five starter for the D-backs in 2020. So to round out my entire rotation going to be Madison Bumgarner, Robbie Ray, Zach Allen, Alex Young, Luke Weaver. That's my starting five uh, pitchers for my starting rotation in 2020 for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now you guys are going to want to stay tuned for segment number two where I'll tell you who should be the primary catcher for the D-backs in 2020 after this quick message. 
Do you hate stepping on the scale? Maybe it's because you haven't met the right one. A company called Withings produced the world's first smart scale. They are still the best. In fact, Tom's God rated Withings Body Plus the best overall smart scale of 2020. If you are looking to lose weight, willpower is key, but so is having the right tools. Withings smart scales are known for durability and exceptional user-friendly design. Step on and data from every way and syncs automatically to the free app for iOS and Android via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Lots of smart scales don't have the Wi-Fi option, and it means you, you need your phone to be on you. But with Withings Body Plus gives weight, full body composition, weight trend, even a local weather report. The scale can support up to eight users and even knows who is who. So here's the deal. You can have 25% off of Withings Body Plus right now at Withings.com for very limited time. Go to Withings.com, W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S.com backslash M-O-B to get 25% off Body Plus Body Composition Scale. That's W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S.com backslash M-O-B to get 25% off Body Plus Body Composition Scale. Welcome back for segment number two today. You're listening to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast brought to you by me, Miller Thomas, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And now for segment number two today, we're going to get into another discussion, another projection of mine, and it's who I think should be the you know primary catcher for the D-backs in 2020. Now, this doesn't mean the opening day catcher. I just mean the primary catcher, the guy who's going to take 65% of the catching duties in 2020. And so basically, you know, obviously boils down to Carson Kelly and Stephen Voigt. And who should be the primary catcher? Well, if we look at the numbers offensively, you would probably have to say Carson Kelly. Off last year, Kelly batted 245, so nothing crazy. But those 18 home runs is what really stands out to you. That's really a, a game change if your catcher could produce power like that. That's always great at the bottom of your lineup. Produce a 1.7 war, too. So that's pretty good compared to Stephen Voigt, who's uh, offensively. He batted 263, so it was higher than a Carson Kelly. But he had 10 home runs, so slightly fewer. So they're pretty comparable offensively. I say Carson Kelly has more of an offensive edge than uh, Stephen Voigt just because of the power. And even though his batting average was lower, I can see him hitting for a higher average in the future, especially because of his age, still being so young, only 25 years old. Uh, he looked pretty comfortable behind the plate last year hitting, so I think that's only going to get better. Hopefully, he can raise that batting average up. Otherwise, he might be just, you know, a power-hitting catcher with low batting average, and that's okay. You, a catcher with pop is always valuable, too. So if it, when it comes to the offensive, uh, when it comes to which catcher who I think will be better offensively in 2020 and who would I give the offensive edge to, I would probably have to be Carson Kelly. Now, defensively, who would I have to give it to? Well, if you look at the numbers just last year, fielding for Carson Kelly, he had eight errors on the year last year. So that's a good amount of errors for your catcher compared to uh, Stephen Voigt, who only had one last year. So just right there, you might think uh, Stephen Voigt's a better defensive catcher just based off errors. But if you go base running in the catch percentage, 
Carson Kelly threw out 32% of the runners that tried to throw a uh, run on him last year. And when you compare that to Stephen Voigt's 17%, you know, Carson Kelly's almost doubling up the, the, the caught stealing percentage of Stephen Voigt. And that's a critical number, you know. Uh, when your catcher's behind the plate and those base runners know they may not have a strong arm or be able to throw them out, that just makes them a little bit more confident more willing to take chances and risks on the base pass if they're they're not worried about that guy behind the plate throwing them out. So in terms of that, yeah, I got to give Carson Kelly the edge there. He's a better guy at throwing out the base runners, even though Stephen Voigt might be a better fielder. So when it comes to the defensive edge, I, I think I might have to give it to Carson Kelly too. Now, one area that is important that goes a little bit deeper than just uh, fielding and your offense is how do the pitchers look when you're catching them? I think that's very important. What is the ERA of the pitchers when when you're catching them? And if you look at Carson Kelly last year, whenever he caught Diamondback pitchers, they had a 4.34 ERA. And then when you compare that to uh, Stephen Voigt last year, it was a 4.55. So even pitchers did better when they had Carson Kelly behind the plate as opposed as opposed to Stephen Voigt. So just right there, you have to give it to Carson Kelly again. So from defense to offense to just how the pitchers fare uh with the with the different catchers behind the plate, it all leans toward Carson Kelly. And being the younger guy, also being only 25 years old, and part of that Paul Goldschmidt trade too, along with Luke Weaver, it just puts a greater investment in Carson Kelly. So I think by the end of it, when you tally all that up, I think you have to give Carson Kelly the starting job. You know, you have to make him the primary catcher. Now, the only thing that I would say, the only asterisk that I would have is I wouldn't make him the opening day catcher. I would have Stephen Voigt as the opening day catcher and probably the primary catcher for Madison Bumgarner just because Stephen Voigt played in San Fran last year. He played for the Giants last year. So he's already used to catching Mass and Baumgartner. They already have a repertoire. They're already on the same page. And also Stephen Voigt, when you go back and look at articles, look up his name and type in Giants, there's so many articles about the kind of leader that Stephen Voigt was. So on opening day, I like him starting just because I think he sets a tone and is a precedent, just like Mass and Baumgartner, of how catching should be the rest of the season. Put Stephen Voigt out there for game one, and it sets a precedent for how you catch your guys all year. I love his leadership, and I really hope he takes, and I think he will take, Carson Kelly under his wing and really show him the ropes in 2020. And I think Carson Kelly is one of those guys that could be primed for a breakout season in 2020. And if a couple of those other guys like Christian Walker, uh, Christian Walker, like Eduardo Escobar, other guys who you know the media thinks might regress in 2020, if Carson Kelly has that breakout season like a lot of people think he can have, he can make up for the regression in other areas that players might have. So Carson Kelly could be a critical piece for the D-backs in terms of pitching staff, defense, and offense in 2020. And that's why I'll give him the nod to be the primary catcher for the D-backs. Now, thank you to everyone who tuned in today for that edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. And I just have one more question for you guys before you go. What are you doing for the game? Whether you're the casual follower, the tweets everything person, the beginner, the diehard, the stat nerd, the smack talker, the appetizer guy, the couldn't care less, or the mix everything into a competition person, we all have our place in the sports world. The same personalities apply to fantasy sports. 
Lee Kamish exists to ensure your fantasy sports experience is the best one for you. We match managers to leagues as we lay the foundation for your new league. It's as easy as sign up with your preferences, get matched, and approve of that match before any commitment on on your end. So sign up with Lee Kamish and receive 15%, 15% off by entering in the code locked on in the referred by section of the sign up form. So, what are you doing for the game? Find your next fantasy sports league at leaguecommish.com. Now, thank you to everyone who tuned in to this edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Again, uh, go tell your Alexa device to play the newest episode of Locked On Fantasy MLB just so you can stay up to date with any fantasy rankings, news, and anything related to fantasy baseball. Tune back in tomorrow where it's where we at Wednesdays, even though there's no baseball playing. So we'll probably switch it up. But tune back in tomorrow. We'll have another edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Peace.